Hi then, welcome along to Africa's Biggest Bry. I'm your host, Zayn Nabi. And as we get closer to the World Cup, we'll be taking a closer look at the best and brightest on the continent to assess how they will perform at Qatar 2022. In the show, we take a deeper dive on Ghana's Black Stars, a team many didn't fancy to qualify for the tournament. But today, I have my co-host, Alistair Howarth, with me. Ali, how are you doing, my friend? Doing well, Zane. Getting starting to get that World Cup fever. Obviously, it's a bit a bit more difficult. You know, it's not quite the same when it's not in the summer, but nonetheless getting getting very excited and kind of getting really excited to hear about how well how well Ghana potentially will do. Absolutely. And I got to admit I'm excited, but I'm a bit salty because we know that the Ghanaians knocked off the mighty South Africans in the World Cup qualifiers. But even though that's the case, Juliet, absolute pleasure welcoming you onto the show. I know you're an established broadcaster on African football based in Ghana. Juliet Bewa, welcome to our fire. We hope life is all good with you. Where are you, where are you calling in today from? Um, good to be here. Thank you very much. So I'm currently in Ghana. Amazing. Kumasi, Accra, are you allowed to tell us? Accra, Accra, Accra. <laughs> <laughs> the one and only. Well, well, listen, Juliet, let's get right into it. I would love to find out what the mood is like in Ghana. We know that this uh, Ghanaian team struggled in the AFCON, but did excellently to qualify for the World Cup, uh, beating South Africa, beating Nigeria. What's the mood like? The mood in Ghana, let me say the last few months, I have been a fantasy for um, Ghanaians from a shambolic performance during the Africa Cup of Nations to also securing um, qualification for the 2022 World Cup. I think um, it's been a fantasy for Ghanaians. It's been um, a bit of loads and also some sort of heights um, during the Afcon 2021, like you saw, um, finding the Black Stars for, or finding strikers for the Black Stars seemed to have been a very big issue. Um, but now in comes Inaka Williams, who plays his club football um, in Spain. He has joined the team. Felix, also Afenajan as well, Antoine Semenyo also represents the future as well for the Black Stars. So looking at um, the wingers that also we have available, um, Kamal Soa, who is also an interesting option, although he's not part of the team um, yet. Um, he has been also superb for his club, that is um, Club Bruges this season, especially in the Champions League, um, which um, he has two goals in five matches and looks like a world card for Ghana. But um, we'll see how that goes. But the disappointing news, um, maybe in the last few weeks, um, is having some of the players or a bit of injury with some of the players. But um, it's it's been okay for the national team. Um, terrible outing at the AFCON 2021, but getting the slot to go to Qatar 2022 was more like, um, this is a fresh start for the national team. What can we do different um, with this team that is in transition? Um, what can we do in Qatar that will, will get to better the performance that we had in um, 2010? Let me put it that way, in South Africa. So um, that is what we are, or that is the kind of um, journey that the Black Stars are on now. And I know that back home, the expectations are massive. It's huge here in Ghana, but they also have to understand that this particular team 
is a team in transition. That kind of is what strikes me when I look at this team, Juliet, particularly when comparing it to the AFCON team is the team in the AFCON looks like a tired team, you know, still so reliant on the IU brothers um, who are yeah. clearly both to differing levels past their best. And now when I look at the team on paper, I see this really exciting attacking team, you know, like you mentioned, Inaki, but also, yeah, Mohamed Kudus has been superb for Ajax. And, but I guess the big question, yeah, like you said, is how how will these guys in kind of integrate into the team, especially these big players who have come from abroad, like Inaki Willi and Tarek Lanti? I mean, obviously, there was the meme going around this summer that, that Ghana had a better transfer window than the likes of Arsenal and, and Man United. But, I mean, that that's a really big question. And if I'm not wrong, you've, you've interviewed Inaki Williams. You know, how has he come across in terms of, you know, that commitment to, to Ghana and, you know, really embracing, you know, being a part of the Black Stars? Um, I think um, when I was speaking to Inaki, you know, all these um, years, he never grew up in Ghana. The last time he came to Ghana, he was three years. So um, it's been on his mind. He's he's had Ghana on his mind and he wanted to make this switch. But it's also important that he spent most of his years in Spain. So a bit of dilemma in there. But it was important for him because that is um, his family's wish for him to play with a black star. One might argue that Maybe it's because he didn't get selection with the Spanish national team. That's why he feels the Black Stars is an easier option. But speaking to him, you get to understand where he's coming from, that he wants to defend the shirt. He wants to defend the Black Star because he feels that he has to give up something to the national team. So he comes across as a player who wants to give it his all if he's um, starting, if he's starting from the bench, if he's getting 10 minutes to play, He's ready to die for the nation. And um, I was with the team during their friendly marches against Brazil and also Nicaragua. And you could clearly see the willingness to um, do well for the national team. Once he was put on the pitch, you, you, you saw the difference um, um, with the kind of quality that he brings to the team. And even the, a bit of inexperience also on the other side with some of the um, attackers that we have on the pitch. So I think his qualities is never in doubt. Um, with the in our attacking space, I wouldn't I wouldn't say we are there yet or the Black Stars are there yet, but it's clearly an upgrade of what we've seen over the years. You no, know, obviously our our eyes are naturally attracted to the to the goal scorers, the attackers, but we all know that you know tournament football is all about strong defenses. And you know, if anything, you know, do you feel like those you know, acquisitions, I put in quotes, of, you know, players like Mohamed Salisu, you know, finally playing and Tariq Lamptey making that transition. How important is it to have those guys finally coming in and giving a really, really strong back kind of backbone to this to the side? Well, um, the defensive area of the Black Stars, um, I will say, really look um, stacked um, with what we've seen in the past. You know, we've always had strength when it comes to our defensive area. You can talk about the likes of John Mansell, um, Pencil, um, so, so many players um, comes to mind. But the likes of maybe Tarek Lamte offers great space um, from the right back side and also wing back position. So it gives you options. If you're a coach of the senior national team, you have options. Um, player like Mohamed Salisu is also a great passer and an excellent interceptor of the ball. So if you have someone like this coming in, if I'm coach Otuado, I'm sure that I'll be trying to figure out how I get to um, fit in maybe Salisu, Jiku, 
um, Daniel Amate, all to get the needed results. But last season, remember, with um, Salisu, he led the Premier League interceptions um, with, I think, about 78, and which is really impressive for a player of his nature. Then comes also Daniel Amate, who, um, and also Alexander Jiku, they have been a potential um, form for that solid center partnership that we've seen um, with the Black Stars in the last few years. Whilst um, a certain Dennis Odoi is also in there, who also provides a lot of composure from that fullback position. I think I think that's one thing that strikes me about this team is you finally have a bit of depth. You know, we're not over reliant on on Dede Ayu, and you have kind of depth. And yeah, like you said, to play with that flexibility, whether Adoy's played as a wing back or kind of maybe as part of that back three. But I, for me, the one thing though that still strikes me about this team, and you know, I want to get your insight into this, is it feels still that midfield is so light, and it kind of everything hinges on Thomas Partey. You know, what what are your thoughts on kind of that situation? I think, um, like you mentioned, it's it's really clear. Um, he's he's an important figure for the Black Stars, and also against Brazil, it it became so clear that Ghana needed a player who can um, easily break the lines and also resist um, when opposition are, they are pressing. So it was very evident that he was missed in that particular game. And like we all know, Pate is an elite um, player, and he's also an elite in those which we have. We have seen to um, great effect what he's doing at Arsenal this season. He's also really deadly from long range and scoring too from the outside the box um, for his club already this season. So many Ghanaians hope that he stays fit for the group um, games and also even beyond. But um, now the challenge with this particular Black Stars team is how they get to find a right pair or a right fit for Thomas Partey and how we even set up in the middle. I think over the um, period, we've tried the likes of Baba Idrisu, um pairing him to play. Um, there's also Salis, who is playing very well for his club. Um, he's been drafted into the 51-55-month squad, who is very likely to go to Qatar so, and make his um, debut at the World Cup. So it's not time to figure out where party plays. Is it for us to build the whole team around him. Because like at Arsenal, he is like the brain box of the team. If Partey should um, get injured now, it's going to be a big problem for Arsenal. I have to ask you, um, I'm an old man. I remember the 2010 <laughs> World Cup. I was a South African. Our team got knocked out in the early stages, but we certainly got behind the Ghana team. Some people affectionately calling the Ghanaians Bagana, Bagana, obviously Bafana, Bafana being um, <laughs> the national team, I see Alistair like that one. Um, but the group stage game against Uruguay versus the Black Stars, it's going to be one of the ones that people around the world are going to be looking forward to. As a Ghanaian, how do you feel about seeing your 2010 tormentors, the team that prevented <laughs> you from making the semis, which would have been historic for the continent? <laughs> No, I was at the stadium at the, um, when it used to be called Soccer City. I watched that particular match. After the match, about two hours, I was still at the stadium. I couldn't move because I'm like, what just happened? <laughs> what just happened? You know, after the penalties and everything, we're all in shock and all that. But I think um, over the years, um, all the pain and everything has gone down a bit. But anytime you see Suarez, like back here in Ghana, many Ghanaians, many, I can tell you, many Ghanaians want revenge after 
that heartbreak um, quarterfinal game against um, Uruguay in 2010. The Black Stars, like you mentioned, were really close to making history in South Africa. So the game is expected to be treated like a final, this particular game. When you speak to um, the coach, that is Amil Tuado, he says that they're not going to the game with revenge in their minds. They need to take it like every other game because, you know, the group is a very open group. And even a team can qualify with three points from that particular group. So it's a very um, open group. Um, one will say that uh, maybe Uruguay um, has the chance this time to beat Ghana like in 90 minutes and not drag the game to penalties like they did. But um, it has to be noted that um, the South American country have quality players in the team. They are fading um, the old guns out of the team, but even the new ones that they are bringing in, so much quality. We can talk about Federico Valverde, who stands out um, this season with um, his long range um, prowess. Anytime he scores, I think everyone in Ghana goes like, ah, is that guy, is he going to play again? Is he going to play against us? You know, with every, with all the injury list piling up and they don't see his name, they're like, ah, meaning he's coming to World Cup. That was just by the way, but hopefully um, they get to find um, how to stop those particular um, crosses or those long-range shots that um, Valverde will be providing for his national team. Trust me, that game is going to be a um, very lively game. It's going to be fireworks. The Black Stars are not talking too much. Um, we might not have the quality or the Black Stars might not possess that quality that the Uruguayans um, have, but I think um, they not going in for the revenge um, in the minds of the players. But trust me, for the fans, you can never take it away from them. You can't tell them um, to do something different, you know. But it will be good to see um, Suarez, although I think he might not start that particular game because of previous matches that they've played. He comes in as a sub, and he's not like an integral part of the team now, but um, you can never take anything out, away from him. Never say never. Who knows? Maybe... After that particular match, you'll be the black star smiling, although I doubt. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, for those of you listening out there, hit us up on our social media accounts, OTW underscore podcast on Twitter and Instagram, or find us on YouTube or Facebook. Just search for the On The Whistle podcast. And tell us if you think that there is no bigger game in the group stages than Uruguay and Ghana when it comes to rivalry. Come on, let us know what you think. And let us know who you think is going to win the game. We'd love to hear from you. Julia, you've been so generous with your time. I just have one more question before I'm going to hand over to Alistair to CSL. But when you look at Ghana's group games, how do you think they'll approach their first game against Portugal when you bring take into consideration that they're going to be targeting South Korea and Uruguay for points? Um, I think... Um... It will be a very interesting game, um, especially the first game against Portugal. You know, we've played them um, before at the World Cup. It was it was really an interesting game. But, you know, as um, the saying goes in the World Cup, just one second loss of concentration means that you get to get punished um, for um, that particular game and the game is gone. I think um, Otuado and his team should set up a really strong team um, against Portugal, which... Um, he will do, I think he will do, and try, in a way, maybe try to beat um, a Portugal on a counter-attack. Um, because, trust me, with 
the squad um, depth for this Portuguese national team to playing them man to man would be really, really difficult. So he needs to come up with a plan. Um, Cristiano Ronaldo and co will probably enjoy most of the possession, which is 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 really obvious. But Ghana um, has the likes of um, Iñaki, Antoine Semenyo, and others who are quick as well in transition. So um, the technical team, I think, has to use that and. And Ghana might get a good result from that particular that's um, first game. I think that's the right attitude. And I think as well, looking at the Portuguese team, obviously, you look at their players, you know, this is <laughs> potentially the best team in the world. But they, they've been so poor the last few years. You know, they had a terrible yeah. Euros. You know, they came behind Serbia and in, in World Nations Cup qualifying. Yeah. yeah, and, you know, had to scrape, you know, the win against North Macedonia. To, to get to the World Cup. So I think, you know, there's a lot of hope where actually you can take the game to them, even if they have, you know, man for man, it's not even a question of, you know, how good this Portuguese team. I think there's a lot of, there's a lot to be said about how we can kind of get at them. And I suppose that that brings me on to my, my kind of next question is we've looked at the players, the tools Ghana have and the player teams you're playing. But, you know, we've spoken about the flexibility Ghana now has. And, you know, but I want to know about the man behind that flexibility, you know, Mr. Otoado, you know, how how do you assess how he's done, you know, so far? And, how, you know, where is he in terms of how Ghana have seen him? Because, you know, we've seen some of the difficulties Ghana's had. Head coach, obviously, with, uh, you know, Milovan coming back for the AFCON and it not working out after O'Connor, uh, you know, had his spell. And he's obviously come out and kind of said stuff about selection on the verge of the team being selected. You know, what is the assessment of, of Addo and how he's done? And as well as Chris Hutton, who's kind of more a bit more behind the scenes in a technical role. I think um, they have made some improvements, but there are weaknesses and we can all see the weaknesses. I think um, after um, we saw how poorly Ghana performed against um, Brazil in terms of keeping the ball and also defending set pieces, horrible, horrible. Um, I After the game, I get to speak to him. I asked him a few questions if he thought that his selection um, was a problem for him because maybe now he has... Um, if if I should say he's um, selecting from, so is it trying to cause some sort of maybe um, selection headaches for him? He, in one of the interviews, I think admitted that um, he made mistakes in, in his selections and all that. But, you know, going into this is a major tournament, which every decision counts. Every decision will count for good or for bad. So as a coach, they need to be firm in making decisions. As a coach or as technical brains, that is Otardo, Chris Hutin, um, and the others, they need to make sure that they are in sync and they know their players and they know how to get the best out of their players. The margins are so fine, particularly at a World <laughs> Cup. You know, one decision either way can make or break the entire you, nation. Yeah. <laughs> and the, the World Cup, and, and like we always say, the World Cup will also determine the mood in camp. Um, it has it has really changed since the Africa Cup of Nations. You get um, players getting excited about even playing for the national team. And I remember when you asked about the likes of um, Inyaki, um, I can say that his announcement even brought happiness and hope to Ghanaian fans. Since um, Asamoah's last appearance for the Black Stars in 2019, different strikers have played that particular role and failed to produce good numbers. So at some point, the strike force that we had um, scored under 20% of um, Black Stars' goals in a three-year span. So um, it tells you that we're lacking in that side. The midfielders 
had to step up. And the likes of Andre Ayu became even more important with um, his goals. Now Inaki is here. He has um, performed brilliantly at club level in the last few years. This season, he has five goals already to his name. And we can only hope that it can improve in the, in the next um, few matches. Otuado has a player who does not only finish, but also creates um, space for his teammates to score as well. We can bring in, um, we can talk about Kudu's um, benefited from that greatly against Nicaragua. So if you have a player like this, if you have a player like Kudus, you have a player like um, Kamal Din, who hopefully, we hope that his injury is not that serious, that he will be able to make um, the World Cup. I think it's now time for the technical team to let Ghanaians know exactly what their game plan is, because you have this pool of players. Now let us see, how do you want to play? Do you want to go in for a 3-4-2-1 formation, a 4-4-2 formation, a 5-3? You know, we need to figure out how the team has to play so that there wouldn't be confusion in the minds of the players. Because sometimes when you speak to the players, you know, they they don't give off much. But when you pick some signals from um, some quarters, clearly there are some confusion um, somewhere. So... Um, it's good that they all have clarity in how they want them to play or how they want to set up for this particular World Cup. And it can set the tone for a really good Christmas. If um, they perform poorly, I think um, so many people will not be too happy in Ghana. But we hope that they know what is at stake. They know the, um, the expectations back home, the mood already with the economy um, back home, not too great. And so the only thing that gives them joy us in the fans back home some sort of joy is the black stars so we hope that this time the black stars will come to play yeah absolutely i mean that the tools are there you've you've given me a lot more joy and kind of hope for ghana than i did 12 months ago juliet so i'm a lot more excited but i've also you know left this conversation with i feel like far more questions than answers you know there's so many questions around this team but i only have one yeah. last question for you juliet how far is the Ghana Black Stars going to go in Qatar 2022? <laughs> well, you know, I'll be I'll be um, very optimistic. I'm not expecting much from the team. Um, I have seen them over the years. I've seen how they've played. Like I've mentioned to so many people, this is a team in transition. Um, I'm looking at they building a proper team for them to win the Africa Cup of Nations in 2024. So I'm not expecting much from this team. My expectations are really low. Um, but I feel that if any time that our expectations are low for the Black Stars, um, they step up because they don't want to be termed as um, getting there and making up and also just getting to add up to the numbers. You can also go um, look beyond the quality of um, the other group opponents in that group H solid opponents against Portugal, South Korea, Uruguay. Um, so struggling, which of the teams that we can pick three points? <laughs> so we need to start right um, with Portugal. Like you rightly mentioned, you know, at the World Cup, total concentration. You might have all the possession at this World Cup and still just one second flip and you lose the game. So if they do their things right, it starts from the technical team. You have your team, you set up properly. The players play according to instructions and they look out for each other on the pitch in terms of um, recovery of balls, 
and also maybe covering up for each other. And the attacking force has to be prolific. And not um, if you know that you get three chances, you're scoring one of them. If you get three or four or five chances and you're not scoring any of them, you should know that those other chances, when it gets to the other half, it will be converted into goals. So I'm, my expectations are really low. I'm not expecting too much for the Black Stars, but I hope that it wouldn't be a disgraceful outing like we did in 2014 with all the other um, side issues and all that. But it will be somehow good outing and a really relaxed one for the Black Stars to play in it like we did in South Africa 2010. So I'm hoping that they build um, on from that particular um, World Cup and not the 2014 one and make sure that they, first of all, have to play for the badge, play for the country, play for their families. You know, World Cup is all about the fans. It's all about the excitement. But most importantly, play for themselves as players because you need to make an impact. And if um, it, can, it can change your life from, from good to bad or bad to um, good or bad to, yeah, anyhow you want to put it. Um, that's what the World Cup does to players. So if they want to... Um, make a statement it has to be now Juliet Bewa thank you so much for that analysis we're full with optimism I know that I'm going to be watching Uruguay Ghana that's already locked in I know I want the R word revenge same with Alistair and the other fans we wish you well we hope you enjoy the tournament and uh, may the black stars fly high and go far mm -hmm.